0: and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile podcast, episode 121. She let go of treatment shame and called in her miracle. Loves, I am so excited to be here with you this week. I have another inspiring story from one of my ladies who made her dreams come true. And I'm so excited to share this with you, not just because I fucking love this woman, but also because Anne's story is a really powerful way to learn about how you are navigating your journey. Because one of the things that becomes so crazy for us as lovably type A control freaky professional women is, you know, we're used to solving problems. We're amazing problem solvers in the workplace. But when some challenge comes up in our personal life, especially something as emotional and so dear and connected to our purpose as motherhood, when we find ourselves on this journey, not only are we initially shocked, but then we can also start to freak out about needing help because in every other aspect of our lives, we don't really need help. So you're going to hear how Anne bravely navigated her unexplained fertility issues and miscarriage and found herself stuck in a pattern of fear. But you're going to hear also how she turned all that shit around. She let go of the shame. She took control of her journey. She got unstuck from patterns that weren't serving her. And she made the seemingly impossible possible. And before I forget, don't forget to get your application in to be part of my Quantum Leap retreat August 1st through 4th in Sun Valley, Idaho. It's going to be off the chain. Don't miss it. Spending three days with me is unlike anything you've done before. So here's my convo with Anne. Can you
1: believe we're having this conversation? Well, yes and no. Um, (laughs) So yes, because when we first started working together, I was like, I'm going to be on Roseanne's podcast one day. (laughs) I I, I don't know why. I just was, you know, like, well, I I know why. It was, you know, like kind of a measurement of success. So I had told myself, like, I'm going to be one of her ladies on her podcast. So. Yes, in that way I believe it. Do I believe that I'm pregnant? No, I still don't. <laughs> um, wow. yes. Yeah. Well,
0: so let's talk about that because you know, one of the one of the most powerful ways that we learn is through story. And I think it's super yeah. powerful and incredibly generous of you to want to share your experience. And so, you know, for the inspiration of other women who might be saying to themselves, I can't do this. This is never going to work for me. So why don't you start off by telling the ladies listening, how did you find yourself on this journey? Like, give
1: us a, uh, you know, a quick breakdown of how the hell you got here. Yep. So um, I got married in my late twenties. We didn't start trying right away. We didn't think we were going to have any issues when we started trying. And so when we did a few years later you know it was just kind of that excitement of oh we're going to get pregnant and um after a few months we did and it was pretty easy but it also was a very quick like miscarriage after that so you know we were still kind of, we were still hopeful it was still early in the journey and we continued trying and then months started going by where there was nothing so i guess it was maybe you know, I've lost kind of track of the timeline. But let's say six to eight months later, I think it was within that same year, um I went to my doctor and said that nothing's happening. You know, maybe can I go to a fertility clinic? Can I just get tested to make sure that nothing's wrong with me? I didn't think that anything was wrong with me or you know, with my husband, but it was just kind of wanting that reassurance that everything was okay or that if things weren't okay, then we could put a plan together. So we went to a fertility clinic had all the tests done, came back, nothing's wrong with us. And it was like, you know, you should have no problems getting pregnant. That's what the doctor had said. I was like, okay, great. So we waited. We didn't we didn't have, to have any treatments. I think, I don't know if it was six, again, like six months, maybe a year had gone by. We're like, well, we'll just wait and we'll just try. Nothing happened. So we went back to the clinic and said, well, what are our next steps? So we did IUI. And we did IUI for a few cycles, nothing worked. Again, then took a little bit of a break and went back to the clinic and said, okay, well, I guess what's the next step here? And it was like IVF. Okay, let's try IVF. And I'll have to kind of put a caveat with all of this is even though it seems like I was like, okay, let's do this. In retrospect, I hated every moment of it. I didn't want to be there. Say more
0: about that. Say more about that. That's very interesting.
1: I wanted a baby, but I didn't want it that way. Um, And I I didn't want to have to go through all the treatments. I hated going to the clinic. You know, it it was nothing against the doctor or the clinic itself. It was just like, I, I don't feel like I belong here. And I didn't realize that until after
0: Isn't that, I mean, that is a very, I mean, the reason why I'm zeroing in on that is that's some pretty hardcore intuition. Like there's something within you saying, this is not for me.
1: Yeah. I, I hated every moment of it. I would go into the clinic with like all the other ladies that were there and I'd kind of like bow my head and be like, please God, I hope nobody sees me. It was just like, for me, it was not a great experience. It was convenient, it was near work, so I didn't have to tell anybody what I was doing. But also, there was a fear of like, okay, somebody's going to see me walk into this clinic. <laughs> so, there was a lot of that kind of happening throughout that whole time. In terms of like reaction to the drugs and to the treatments, like, you know, I had a positive experience in that way. I didn't have any negative reactions. My IVF cycle was like a decent cycle, you know, for what I thought at that point, like things were okay. We got pregnant with one of my transfers. So that was exciting. And then again, it was, it resulted in an early miscarriage. And then we didn't have any success after that. So once we had gone through all of that, I was just like, I need a break. Like mentally, I'm exhausted. Physically, I'm exhausted. I can't do this right now. And I don't want to do this. I just, you know, it was back to that feeling. Like I I felt like a a herd of like cattle being moved through kind of like the system. Um, And I just, I wasn't in control. I was just going through the motions and just letting things happen and letting kind of the doctor kind of tell me what the next steps were. But I wasn't taking control of my own journey. Mm. Ooh. So what happened next? So I took a break. I think we ended up taking a good like year break. And then I I heard you and I heard you through some other kind of fertility link. I don't know, talk that you had done. And I was like, oh my God, she is amazing. And I need to hear more about her.
0: That <laughs> didn't scare you away. Undoubtedly, I was dropping some kind of screed on something, but <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um, No, I think that's what intrigued me more because it was your honesty. You were being like very direct about things. And I thought, okay, this is what I need. Like I need somebody to just put me in my place and to help me get my shit back together. Uh, Because (laughs) at that point I was just like, I don't want to say desperate, but I feel like I was just caught in, you know, like I was stuck. I wasn't moving forward. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was a lot of focus on having a baby and, it was hard to kind of focus on anything else. And I realized that just like, that wasn't a way to live. So I had heard you, I started listening to your podcasts. I read your first book. Um, and then, you know, so time went on. I was like, well, I can do this, but but still nothing was happening. So then at one point, I think I just kind of hit my lowest point. And I was like, okay, like, I just, I need help. I, I need this coaching. I need to reach out to Roseanne. I need to work with her. And then that's what I did. So it was probably, you know, a year and a half ago that I reached out to you.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so let's talk about that because, you know, you're an educated professional, you know, in every other aspect of your life, you have shit nailed. And it must have been weird to get to a point where you're like, I need help.
1: Yes, absolutely. Because I thought I could do it on my own. And I think that's what I've learned throughout this whole journey is that you don't have to do it on your own. And it's okay to ask for that help, regardless of what that help looks like. So yeah, it, it for me, I think it was more like, I realized like I have hit the bottom, like I've done what I think I could do. And, and now somebody else has to like show me or teach me or help me figure out kind of what my next steps are and help me regain control of myself on this journey. Wow.
0: That's a huge realization. And you know what? I give you a lot of credit for being self-aware and trusting yourself enough in that assessment to say, I need help because that's actually the first step, right? Like that's a huge leap. That's a huge leap to do that. And then when we met, I, I loved you immediately and said, okay, let, let's do this. What in that moment let you like what was what in the in that moment fired up your hell yes because you it could it was kind of spooky the idea of having this pink and blue haired woman (laughs) barking at you for eight weeks I mean what do you think pushed you over the
1: edge what made you leap I I think it was just that whole realization it was that thinking back of the experience and knowing obviously became clear to me as we worked together but just knowing that something wasn't right with what I had gone through and just, I had already accepted that I had needed the help and maybe that was the easiest thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. it was scary, but I I knew that this was what I wanted to do. I had already decided before speaking to you that I wanted to work with you. So it wasn't like, you know, we needed to talk and I needed to make up my mind. It was just like, I need this. Wow. And I need to make this happen. What was it like to give
0: to yourself at that level? Because that was an up level too, because we weren't playing games. You had to, you had to make a decision really quickly. What was that like for you? Because, you know, as women, especially on this journey, we can spend a lot of time spinning.
1: Yep. I think I had already spent a lot of time spinning and that was the reality, right? Where it was like, you know, okay, I'm a rational, logical person. So thinking everything through, I had thought it through enough. And, you know, I had gotten to that point where it was like, this is, this is what I need to do. Like, that's it. Wow.
0: Wow. And so what was it like going through that change? Because when we're working on mindset, it is nothing short of a transformation. Like, I mean, what was it like
1: going through that process? And, and yeah, so start there. So honestly, it took me a little bit of time um, because as logical and rational as I am, I think that kind of sometimes prevents you from believing in more. And, and, you know, you have a saying like you, you've got to see it to believe it, or is it the reverse? You have to believe it to see it. it it. it it. Mm -hmm. So for me, there was a bit of a block there in, you know, like, well, like all of everything that I did should have worked and it didn't. And there's nothing that was preventing me, but in, but there yet there is something that's preventing me, right? So it was kind of working through that with you and with the ladies in the group. You know, it was just it was learning so much, and it was scary to join. It was scary to be part of it, but every week and every session that we had and every experience that all the other ladies shared it was like oh my god like i don't know how to express myself and what i'm going through but everything that these ladies have said has like hit home it you know it's like Enough. touched me in a way and i could i could relate to all of them even if we weren't going through the exact same experience some of their thoughts um you know their concerns it was like, oh, wow, they articulated it so well. Yeah. So I was learning, like I was taking a lot in. I was learning a lot. I I wasn't contributing as much. And for me, it was more like, okay, listen to this, try to absorb it, try to apply it to what I was going through to try to understand it. Right. Because, you know, I guess like I hadn't done that. I hadn't sat back and I hadn't thought about things. I was just going and I was going without without like knowing my direction. I was just like on the move because I needed to get this done. And I I wasn't taking that time to just sit back and to figure things out. And so it gave me that opportunity to sit back and to figure everything out.
0: Wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. So what are, what are some of the biggest takeaways you think for you? What'd you learn?
1: it was so much so the hell yes the hell no like oh my god you know last summer i remember i was at the hair salon and i was thinking about something or like a decision that i had to make and i just start you know it was just that that feeling so that hell yes hell no for me represents your intuition and trusting yourself you know when things are right and you know when things are wrong and you just have to you have to trust yourself. Wow. So I found myself, you know, in being in situations where I was given a decision where if I couldn't say yes right away, I was like, no, this isn't right. So it just became kind of second nature where it was like, if it's right, I'm going to know that it's right, right away. I don't have to think about it. It's going to be right for me.
0: And that's like
1: gold. Honestly, it was. And it again, like maybe I'm a little bit slower and like working through the process <laughs> kind of took me a while. And maybe it was happening kind of all along. But right. it, like, you know, at one point, I just remember being in that chair and getting my hair done, and it was just like screaming inside of me. I'm like, no, like this isn't right. Like, you know, whatever I was thinking about, it, I'm like, that's it. Like, I, I just need to hear myself. I just need to quiet internally, like, you know, quiet my mind to just hear what's going on and hear like kind of what I feel. And wow. that will lead. I think that's my biggest kind of takeaway from this is that that will lead you. Like you know what's right for you. And you I think you also and I made some notes like in speaking about even your relationship and the decisions you make together as a couple like is this good for us? So thinking about like is this good for us? Is it good for our family? Is it good for me? And kind of using that to guide you and to guide your decisions.
0: Wow. Well, and speaking of which, what about your partner? Notice any differences in Anne? I think so.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I I would hope so. Yeah. Like I've been, you know, a lot calmer, like thinking things through a lot more, not as, you know, reactive to things and more sure and like secure in my decisions. Isn't
0: that huge though? Because when you and, and I think you remember me saying this when you, you got to be the one mofo in the room that knows where she's headed, because it's actually good for everyone else when Anne knows what she wants. Absolutely.
1: Wow. Yeah. In, in life, in work, if you're at the doctor's office, like yeah. with everything, just knowing what is right for you and what you want. Because if you don't, you're, you're kind of giving that control to somebody else and you're letting somebody else make those decisions for you.
0: Well, so really what you're talking about is getting engaged back in your life. Cause you know, it's, it's funny because on this journey, when we're doing all these things, we're, we're, it's like busy work. Yes. But we're not necessarily doing, you know, it's like, you don't have to do the 78 different things. You might do five of the right things for you.
1: And and that was a huge takeaway too. I remember one of the early sessions, another lady was talking about acupuncture. And for me, I had never thought about it. I had, you know, I guess I hadn't done my proper research. It was just back to, I, I was going with the motions. I was just going with, okay, doctor says, this is the next step. Okay, I'll take that next step. But kind of, as I mentioned, learning from the ladies in the group, you know, somebody mentioned acupuncture. And I was like, hmm, maybe that's something I can look into. Mm -hmm. Um, and see if that would work for me. And I've always loved massage and it's been Mm -hmm. a way for me to relax and de-stress. And I was like, this, this might be helpful. And so, you know, I think it was right after that session, I was Googling like acupuncture, you know, in my Mm -hmm. area and found the most wonderful person who has been on my bump squad this past year. Um, she has been fantastic she practices uh, Trish traditional Chinese medicine, and she's an acupuncturist, and um has gone through her own fertility journey, and the most supportive person. And so I was like, this is this is somebody who I need on my bump squad, and this is somebody who yeah. I need to support me along the way. And yeah. it like it just worked. And on top of that, it was you know making time for me, making time you know to to give. Myself something, you know, to to kind of give myself that hour every week to just yeah. go and relax and and be taken care of. Wow.
0: well, and you know, it's
1: it's really cool
0: that, you know, I, I think what you're illustrating here is really important, too, because it already shows me that the discernment process was already active in you because you hear another woman mention this, but you didn't go into chaos. You didn't go into Eh, you know, oh, there's another 52 things that I need to do, you know, because I hear these women talking about it. You were discerning. Like it was calm. You didn't jump into a frenzy and freak out that, you know, oh shit, I should have been doing acupuncture for the past five years or some shit, you know, yeah. that we can that we can use against ourselves. That's massive.
1: Yeah. I was going through a transformation and I didn't even realize it. So like, you know, every week was just, it was back to just learning from everybody and and taking it in and kind of figuring out what's going to work for me. Right.
0: Huge question. And actually a really smart one to say, what is going to work for me? And I think it's also a real skill that says a lot about you, Anne, to be able to hold space for these other women, not take on shit, listen, observe, And also, you know, be open to the wisdom of that sharing. So it's never overwhelming because sometimes people think that, you know, when you're doing mindset work in a group, that it's just a group of, you know, women weeping.
1: And it's like, that is not this. Not at all. It was the complete opposite. I feel like it was a group of women empowering each other um, and sharing their stories and helping each other through that sharing. Um, And then obviously you're your guidance as well. During those sessions, you were there, um, <laughs> you were giving us that tough love. Yeah. Um, and I think that was, imp- that was important too, because, you know, all of the women were wanting the same outcome and, you know, were trying to do whatever they could to get there and also right. kind of learning about themselves and going through their own process. Um, but I think it was just in that sharing, as you said, it wasn't everybody just whining and complaining. It was, you know, having realizations in that moment and and getting that coaching that didn't just apply to them. It applied to all of us.
0: Right. To be able to say, okay, this is the challenge. Okay. This is what you're going to do about it. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to do this, do it by this day. I
1: want an email back from you, you know, so it's yeah, you held us accountable too. You know, and that's exactly what you did. You said, okay, this is your takeaway for this week and you need to do it and you need to get back to me tomorrow or, you know, by the end of the week or before yeah. the next session, because I need to know that you've done it. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. No, I mean, and, and that's, I mean, being that accountability, I think really pushes that transformation through the roof. So talk to us about, so what started changing on your journey? What were the next steps on your journey? So you got your mindset in place. You're continuing to grow that. Tell us what happened next in the saga of Anne having a baby.
1: Um. So we had, we were still kind of on our break, but we were talking about like, okay, you know, it's been almost two years of this break that we've taken. And like, again, like still nothing's happening. So it wasn't like we were rushing, but we just thought, mm-hmm. you know, is now a good time to kind of reset and go back to another clinic, and just see where things are at. You know, has anything changed? You know, do we have to consider additional treatment? Kind of just like, where are we? So we made that decision together as a partnership. And my husband always said, like, we're not doing anything unless you're comfortable with it. Because obviously, like, you're doing 99% of the work, if you have to do anything. So it has to be your decision. But, you know, like, do we still want to wait? or do we want to just see? And so I said, okay, let's see. And, you know, being through this pandemic too, we had, we were a little more flexible. We were both working remotely. We found a clinic close by and we went there and I think fairly quickly, like clicked with the, the doctor there. And when we met with the doctors, so we went, again, went through the testing. And again, it was like, well, nothing's really wrong with you, but you know, like you're getting a little bit older. So your reserves going down, uh, but that's normal. So, I mean, you kind of tell me what you want to do. And I think that was very important because it wasn't the doctor saying, this is what I think you need to do. Although like that was there. um, And that's what she said. It was more of like, you, you make the call. Like you tell me what you want to do. And you're, you're
0: taking control of your life and your journey.
1: Exactly. It was completely that. It was like, you know, okay, at this time, like we had made the decision together, let's go back, let's just check on things, let's see how we're doing. And, you know, when we got the results, I was a little disappointed to say, okay, well, I'm getting older and my reserves going down. And I think that's natural <laughs> for all of us. Um, But it wasn't like, you know, completely alarming. Um, but for us, then we just thought, okay, like, what's our next step? Like, do we get treatment? Do we not? And, and I think part of, the realization of everything and all of this mindset work was, was thinking I I may need more help. Like, you know, just, I I might need to reach out for that help, but I, I I might, while I'm doing that, I need to be open to that help, not closed off. Like I was the last time. Right. right? I, I need to be engaged while I'm going through it. If I'm going, if I'm going to make this decision.
0: Yeah. And receive, Exactly. And you remember that nasty word receive you
1: had to receive absolutely and so that's what happened i was engaged in every decision that was made i was there i was open to the treatment i was open to receiving and i was still doing my acupuncture which was oh. making me a lot calmer and you know controlling kind of the stress and um just also improving my overall well-being and things happened. When you you let go and when you're open to receiving and and that surrendering to that word, like I surrendered to that process. I I accepted that I needed help and just,
0: just went with it. Wow. Wow. So you surrendered to surrender (laughs) yeah, and you, you allowed, you know, Okay. Keep going. And because it's like seeing, I mean, it's just watching your energy in describing
1: that I surrendered to this process. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was like, well, I, I, you know, there's a lot of preconceptions about conception and, you know, I want to conceive naturally. And that was me. And what I also learned from you is like, does it really matter how your baby gets here? And that's something that I think people need to take away because you, you can't block yourself from all the possibilities that are there. And and so for me, you know, if I, if I continued to block myself, I wouldn't be in this position today. Wow. So I had to surrender. I had to just say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make me any less of a woman. It doesn't mean I'm a failure if I need the help. Because if I look to another woman who's gone through something similar and who's gotten help, I don't say, oh, well, look at her. She had to go and get help. Like that doesn't cross my mind at all, but yet it crossed my mind when I looked at myself. So I also had to work on that. That's huge. That's huge. I mean, we're,
0: we're typically our own worst enemies. It's not what anybody says, you know, to us, that's really devastating. It's what we say to ourselves. Yeah. And I think you raised such a huge point which is another critical aspect of the work we do is you got to crush the blocks that are standing between you and your baby, because if you're blocking an opportunity, like, what are you doing?
1: Yeah. And that's what I was doing. I was blocking those opportunities. And even if I think back to my first kind of round um, at the other clinic, I was completely blocking myself the entire time. Wow. Wow. I was not open to any of it. I was—I did not want to be there. I did not want to do it. I-, I was not receiving anything. I was just like, you know, I had everything closed off. And other than, you know, giving myself the injections and, and going there in person, I-, I wasn't really there. I was just, you know, I-, I was just like, well, I don't want to, I had already made up my mind. Like, I don't want to do this. Um. So fast forward to three, four years later, where like, I had learned so much. I've done so much work on myself. Where this time around, it was like, no, I'm going to do this, and it's going to be fine. Like it's going to be good. We're we're going to make it happen. Um, and so like I was an active participant this time, and I was making those decisions, and I was allowing things to happen for me.
0: Wow, you know, allowing is huge too,
1: Anne. You're it not you're really, trying to fiddle with it over here. You know, allow. No, I I was I was doing what I needed to do, and I was letting the professionals do what they needed to do. You know, it was just like, we all have our roles and I was sticking to it and I was focusing on myself and and what I needed to do to be in the best possible mindset and like mood and, you know, even like physically to be the best that I could possibly be as I was going through treatment. Wow. So tell us what happened. So we tried IUI, it didn't work again, but we didn't do a lot of it. We just were like, okay, let's give it a go. Um, And then we had said, all right, well, if it doesn't work after this time, let's go to IVF. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm fine with it. Let's do it. So we did it. I had a great cycle. I had great results, even better than the first time. So now like fast forward, I'm three or four years older and my results were so much better than they were the first time. My doctor, I think the nice thing was like, I had the same doctor throughout, which wasn't my experience the first time. Um, So we really, you know, developed a a good relationship. I remember the day of my retrieval, her coming over and I was so drugged, but all I remember was like, oh my God, we got so many. And like, she was so excited. Oh, that's great. And um, that's like the only thing I can take away from that day was was just remembering like in the haze that, you know, she had come by to see me and was so excited for me. And it was the same thing on the day of my transfer. She was showing me my charts. She's like, these embryos look so beautiful. And you know, like it was just, it was just a whole other experience. It was like a celebration this time. Whereas last wow. time it was, it was just like, okay, I gotta do this because I got to do this. But like it was we were there with purpose. It wasn't just myself. It was her like we were both there for the same reason to like get this done and to make it happen. Yeah.
0: I mean, isn't that, that's a dramatically different experience. And think about where you were when you came, you know, devastated from, you know, a disconnected IUI, IVF, quasi whatever you want to call that experience. Yeah. You realize something was wrong. You realize that you're not in this. You do this work you start to find that other gear within you you find you you attract a new clinic right like you you open your heart to another clinic and then you have this entirely new bump squad mm-hmm. you're giving things a try you're not torturing yourself and now you're here yep yeah. wow so tell us anything interesting happened after that cycle
1: or after that transfer Well, the most interesting was that I got pregnant (laughs) (laughs) and I still am pregnant. (laughs) Um, Wow, wow. You know, it was kind of, and I'm sure anybody on this journey kind of reads like the success factors and, you know, like the rates and the, the failures and all of that. And so even with that, I was just like, I don't care about the numbers. Like I'm not, like, we're not doing this for numbers. It was just like, my end goal is to be a mother and to have a baby. And that's what I've been working on kind of in this last year since working with you. Right. And so it was just, you know, visualizing that, doing my meditations, doing the journaling, like everything that you kind of teach us. It was was putting that into practice and and keeping that going after our sessions and just continuing the work. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and it shows, Anne, because think about it. You said something that many women will never form the words. I stopped looking at statistics. I stopped looking at numbers. We're not doing this for numbers. I mean, do you realize what a massive shift in mindset that is to let all of that go and just say, hey, we're focused on our baby?
1: Yeah, no, I guess not. You know, like, yeah, I I have to take a a pause and and think about it. I I know I have grown significantly in this past year. And also I've grown through my like whole experience on this journey. But yeah, you know, when you say it, it's like, yeah, it is a big deal. Because I was making those changes along the way. And it didn't happen instantly. And it doesn't need to happen instantly. That's another thing, you know, that you said, like, you can't control time. And it doesn't matter. Like if your baby comes today or if your baby comes a year from now, does it really matter? Like at the end of the day, you have your baby and that's what matters. So it's it's letting go of the time too. And
0: you did (laughs) a lot. You learn how to surrender. You learn how to let go of the timeline. You let go of statistics. You let go of numbers. Are you kidding me? Like, you know, and so it's, but there is one number I want to know. Like how far along are you? I'm 21 weeks. Oh my gosh! So you did this all within about a year.
1: Yeah, like I, I, I think you and I maybe started working together in February of last year. Mm-hmm. At some point in February, I feel. Yeah. And I was pregnant. You know, like my transfer happened in January, so yeah. I was pregnant in January. So it was it was about a year. Yeah, um, but I, I needed that time to just work all this shit out. (laughs)
0: Yeah, but you know, but you made because think about it. You know, one of the questions I always ask women is, where are you going to be a year from now? You know, in the interview, I'm always asking, where do you want to be a year from now? What what happens if you don't change this mindset piece? What if you're, you know, what are you going to be doing a year from now if you don't get this straight? And look at where you are a year from having made that decision to stop living your journey stuck disengaged disempowered however else you know you could
1: describe it what do you have to say about that I think it's amazing um and not just for this journey I think it's you know something for life And, and you say it too like going through this journey will make all of us better women and better mothers to our children and I truly believe that because I've become a better person over this last year I'm gonna get emotional Um, so it's, it's not just the focus on the baby. It's beyond that. It's on life. Yeah. And that's the thing.
0: And, you know, and I always tell women, not, not everybody believes me at first, but I say, you know, look, when you can give to yourself, the reserves and the depth to which you can give to your children is going to be so dramatically different. Think about how you're going to mother this child, Anne. Absolutely. That's crazy. That's crazy. So, you know, and I always ask this question as we close is what would you want other people or other, excuse me, specifically other women to know who are listening to this? Like what's a, what's a nugget of wisdom that you would share with somebody knowing what you know today and being in the place that you are today?
1: So a couple of things, don't give up, trust yourself. And just know that you can do it. You may have to put in a little bit of effort. Um, Ooh, imagine you, that, it's just right? Dream of being a mom, right? And, and, and you know, be engaged. Um, you know, you may have to work harder than the average woman, and that's okay. Um, just put in that work because it, it is worth it in the end. And I think that's something that women need to take away: is that you're you're worth it. You're worth the time. You're worth the energy. You're worth the money. You know, you're worth taking that time to focus on yourself before you focus on anything else. Um, and things will happen for you. I think part of it is like, like, just, you can't give up on this. If this is something that you want, you know, you also say if it's in your heart, it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And and so do the, do the right work to get you there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you, Anne. I mean, I just, it just blows me away you know, from remembering the very first conversation that you and I ever had and looking at you today, I'm super, super proud, mama. The world is going to be a better place with you as a mom. So you going for your dream is good for everyone. And I wish you so much joy, sending so much love to your family. And thank you for the kind generosity that you've shared your story. It's going to touch so many lives. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you, Roseanne. Loves, wasn't Anne's story just so incredibly inspiring? This just goes to show when you put your mind to something, you can do anything. What you think and believe and what you choose to focus on can make all the difference on this journey. And if you want to learn what I taught Anne, my Fearlessly Fertile Method program is for women who intend to get pregnant in the next 12 months, just like Anne. I work with women who are committed to covering their bases, mind and body. To apply for your interview for this program, go to my website, www.frommabietobaby.com and apply for an interview there. My methodology has helped women around the world make their mom dreams come true. Their results speak for themselves. If you don't have a mindset for success on this journey, baby, you've got a gaping hole in your strategy. Let's fix that shit together and set you up for success. Till next time, change your mindset, change your results. Love this episode of the Fearlessly Fertile podcast? Subscribe now and leave an awesome review. Remember, the desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for you. When it comes to your dreams, keep saying hell yes.